You know the way for me. You know the time. Into your hands I trustingly place mine. Your plan is perfect, born of perfect love. You know the way for me. That is enough. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schoenstatt Way of Life podcast. I'm your host, Julia Manin, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. Podcast already for December of 2021. This is our 32nd episode. And before I dive into today's topic, I just want to shout out to Rebecca again, who joined us the last couple months and shared so much of her own life, her own story and her family story in the movement. And just what a, what a treat that was to have her on. Today, I don't have such a treat. I am solo, but I am still honored and blessed to be here with you and excited to share um, a topic or share with you a life of a soul that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet, and that is the venerable in the movement, Sister Emily Engel. So Sister Emily Engel, I'll read a biography of her in a second, but we haven't talked about her at least Again, in this podcast, we haven't talked about her yet. So there was a quote of hers recently that I read that has really touched my heart and like given me some fresh insight into really adoring our Lord and our Savior and how we go about doing that, certainly in times of Eucharistic adoration, but how we go about doing that in our times in between, in between Mass, in between these times of concentrated adoration in front of the the Eucharistic presence of our Lord and Savior. How, how do we adore Him in those times in between? So anyway, some inspiration from Sister Emily, a venerable Sister Emily Engel, as we go forth on our podcast today. And as we approach eagerly the birth of our newborn king, which is about to happen as well. So blessed Advent to all of you. Thanks again for joining us. Let's continue or let's begin. We opened with the divine providence prayer. Let's go ahead and open with that again as we put ourselves in the presence of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know the way for me. You know the time. Into your hands I trustingly place mine. Your plan is perfect born of perfect love, you know the way for me. That is enough. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know the way for me. That is enough. Is it? Is that enough? We say it. Is it? I'm not just asking you, I'm asking myself. Something to always take to prayer. Okay. Let's go. Sister Emily Engel, a bio. I didn't write this, by the way. I was I took a pilgrimage um, to the Schoenstatt Shrine in Waukesha, Wisconsin in early November. And as I was perusing the gift shop, one of the things I came home with was um, a little uh, sentence from Sister Emily Engel's suitcase. So, you know, these little cards that you could pull one out each day or whenever the, the mood strikes you, I guess you can pull one out and read a little quote from Sister Emily. And again, this is where I pulled the quote from that I'll get to here in a second. But first a bio about her, because if you're like me, maybe you, you've never heard of her before, or um, she's she's someone new in, in the movement. And of course, we we talk about Father Kentonick a lot in his life. Um, and Sister Emily is is a venerable in, in the movement as well. So somebody we perhaps should get to know a little bit better. But if this is your first introduction to her, then so be it. You know, don't feel bad about that. But I want to read the bio that was in in that little, um, uh, the, the suitcase, the quotes from her that I picked up at the shrine. It reads, in the market of possible choices in life, Sister Emily's life becomes an encouragement for many to choose the option for Christ and to carry this decision through in times of dryness. In her life, which was shaped by success, 
joy, and many types of suffering, she experienced that the yes father in every moment of life makes one secure, free, and happy. This experience was so important for Sister Emily that from eternity she wishes to accompany those on earth who trustingly seek her guidance. Emily Engel, the fourth of 12 children, was born on February 6, 1893, in Houston, in the Sauerland region of Germany. As a fully engaged teacher in a poor mining region of Germany, she devoted herself to the poor and suffering alongside her teaching. In 1921, she joined the growing lay movement of Schoenstatt. Under the spiritual guidance of Father Joseph Kentenich, she grew into a new world of spirituality and was gradually freed from a deep inner suffering. In 1926, together with Father Joseph Kentenich, she was one of the co-foundresses of the community of the Schoenstatt Sisters of Mary. In 1935, tuberculosis ended her active engagement in the young community. The 11-year process of healing became a time of purification and union with Christ for her, one which slowly freed her from her own plans and wishes so she could give herself over completely to God. She spoke her, yes, Father, to his every wish and will. In March of 1946, Sister Emily was entrusted with the leadership of one of the first provinces of the community in Germany. She named it Providencia, Providence. After eight years of prudent and richly blessed activity, a slowly progressing paralysis and a crippling of the spine became apparent as a result of previous lung operations. The conviction that God is love and goodness and that he always knows what is needed for our salvation gave her a great radiance despite her increasing helplessness. On November 20th, 1955, God accepted the offering of her life. The ear of wheat was laid into the ground and could now become fruitful for the young community and even beyond. Pope Benedict XVI recognized the heroic virtues of Emily Engel on May 10, 2012. This recognition proclaims that the servant of God has lived all the virtues in an exemplary and outstanding way. The divine virtues of faith, hope, and love, the cardinal virtues of justice, prudence, temperance, and fortitude, as well as the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience. With this papal recognition, she may now be called a venerable servant of God. Since her death, many people the world over have entrusted their intentions and sufferings to Emily Engel and have experienced noticeable help. And so echoing that, we're going to entrust the fruitfulness of this podcast to her intercession as well as we look to her for guidance. Okay, so what was the quote that struck something in my heart. I was flipping through my cards. I, a few days ago, probably about a week ago, actually, I got to a quote from her that reads, to see and adore God in graced souls is the original form of Christian adoration. Let me read that again. To see and adore God in graced souls is the original form of Christian adoration. So I had that kind of sitting on the counter in my kitchen. So I was kind of, you know, taking that as food for thought as I was going through my day, just something to glance at every now and again, keep my mind and my heart focused on Christ, kind of pondering in my depths as I was going about my active life. And it was probably sitting up there for 
I don't know, two, three, four days. So it was something I was kind of keeping on repeat for a while, thinking about, praying about. And then providentially, I had a, um, a coffee meeting scheduled with somebody. So I went to go meet with this particular person for coffee, and we were talking and sharing and, you know, just trying to encourage one another on the journey as we get beat up in our own lives. And, and again, this is someone, a, a young mother with, um, you know, several young children and are just trying to navigate and live a good, holy Christian life, striving for holiness in the midst of a chaotic world where you're constantly like on demand. And again, with Rebecca, these last couple episodes, we've kind of unfolded a lot of those realities and we've talked, we've even talked about practical ways to kind of move through that. So I don't want to talk about that again, but in this conversation, we got talking about, you know, this desire and this longing to want to go to mass on a daily basis, to want to spend more time in um, Eucharistic adoration with our Lord and King, and and this desire and this longing in our hearts to want to be there with Christ. But the reality that as moms raising young children, as busy wives, as busy mothers working inside and outside the home, it's not always possible to do that. And of course, this movement does a wonderful job of reminding us like where God's will is, and God's will is always in fulfilling our duties faithfully. And so if you're leaving the house at 7.30 in the morning to go to Mass, and that's the time when it's like go time in the life of your family, and it's time to get your kids ready for school to get them on the bus, or maybe you're homeschooling and it's time for you to start school yourself, I don't know. But if you're in the midst of, of that's your go time, and that's when Mass is, and there's not other options, well then, um, God's will is probably indicating that you not be at Mass, and that you be at home fulfilling your duties faithfully. Of course, that longing for Him is there, and we can always make spiritual communions, and we should, and we should be pondering in our prayer the Mass readings for the day, and we can be doing that and making spiritual communions. But again, we were, we were talking, we were lamenting a little bit about the desire and the longing for God and His Eucharistic presence, particularly in adoration, and, and um, Mass, and then those times that were like the duties of our life just don't allow us to do that. Now, I think maybe we've talked about that, uh, talked about this in this podcast before, going to Mass throughout the week, going to Eucharistic adoration maybe once a week. It's never going to be something that that is easy, where like your schedule just parts like the Red Sea and it's like, oh, okay, look, God just shut everything down in my life and now it's possible. <laughs> It's always going to be a challenge on some level. You're always going to be tempted not to go to Mass throughout the week. You're always going to be tempted not to go to adoration. Um, So that's not what I'm talking about here. It's always going to be difficult to do those things. But when the duties of your state in life don't allow it, then that's a different thing, right? So anyway, we were... Talking, I was talking with my friend about this this reality that is the reality for so many of us. And first of all, we can certainly offer this up to the, you know, offer it back to the Lord, offer it as a contribution to the capital of grace. Offer what? I couldn't go to Mass. I couldn't go to that. What am I offering? You're offering your desire to go. Your desire to go. You're offering that. You're giving that to our Lord, giving that to our mother, allowing them to use that, and your inability to go. Because why? Because in God's will is dictating that you fulfill your duties faithfully. You raise your family. You stay at home with your loved ones. You take care of those mouths. You feed those mouths entrusted to you, right? So you offer that. You're, you offer your longing, your desire. It's a, it's a sacrifice, especially if you're desiring and you're hungering our, for our Lord. And, and again, the duties of your state in life don't allow that. Then what else did we got? So again, providentially, the timing of this, all of a sudden as we're talking, I got thinking about, oh, you know what? I just read I just read some wisdom about that the other day too. There was, and I got thinking about what what does that 
beautiful little card on my counter from this Sister Emily say about adoration. And so I was, as I was talking to my friend, and again, we were trying to encourage one another in, in this reality. I said, oh, I just read something about this recently. And I'm going to read the quote again to you now. To see and adore God in graced souls is the original form of Christian adoration. And so is it true then, and this is what she, she and I were discussing, that in those times that we're longing to adore our Lord, and perhaps we're longing to be in his Eucharistic presence, and again, we should do that when we are able and when the Lord allows us to do that. But in those times when we can't, is it not that we can adore our Lord in the graced souls that surround us? And this wisdom from Sister Emily says, yes, we can in fact do that. And we look at the lives of our young children, our young children who are so innocent, sweet, and pure, who are just learning to navigate through life. And we can say, surely these are graced souls among us, are they not? And so when we remain home and we, we dedicate ourselves and rededicate ourselves to fulfilling our duties faithfully, then we can see and adore God in these souls, in these graced souls of our loved ones, whom the Lord has entrusted to us to mold, to guide, to shape, to nurture. And we can trust that this is, in fact, the original form of Christian adoration and that this is, in fact, a good and holy way to adore him. Isn't that sort of freeing and encouraging? I mean, again, for those of us longing to be with the Lord in the Eucharistic presence, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, even on a daily basis, to spend time with him in Eucharistic adoration, this is where it's at. This is as good as it's probably going to get in this, in this life, right? In this exile that we are living in. But when that's not an option, it's not that God is unavailable to us. It's not that we can't continue to ponder him in the depths of our heart. It's not that we can't continue to praise him, to glorify him, to worship him, to adore him as we adore the lives and the souls that surround us. I'm going to read this quote from Sister Emily one more time. To see and adore God in graced souls is the original form of Christian adoration. And so I pray that that encourages you on your own walk with him, as it did um, my friend and I as we were sitting down to converse, to lament, to encourage one another in our walks with Christ. Um, I think there's beauty in there. And at the very least, perhaps I maybe just introduced you to one of the venerables in Schoenstatt, right? One of one of our saintly souls that have gone before us. Um, and I encourage you to pray to Sister Emily and, and pray for her cause to, to continue, her canonization to continue, and ask for her intercession. And of course, I am certain that you can find all sorts of resources on her and on her life. And if you need help with that, just call the lovely sisters at the um, gift shop at the shrine in Waukesha, and I'm certain they could guide you and direct you. And I hope, shout out sisters, if you're listening, I hope it's okay that I just told people to call you, but you are certainly going to be more knowledgeable in this than I. So know that I am praying for you as we wind down this season of Advent and as we we joyfully await the birth of our Savior this Christmas. Know that I'm praying for you. Please, Keep me in your prayers as well. And if you need anything from me, don't hesitate to reach out. Best way to contact me is through my website, theworldisnoisy.com. Okay, I'm read Sister Emily's quote one more time, and then let's go ahead and close with that divine providence prayer that we began with again. To see and adore God in graced souls is the original form of Christian adoration. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You know the way for me, 
you know the time. Into your hands I trustingly place mine. Your plan is perfect, born of perfect love. You know the way for me. That is enough. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.